What's it like in Bruges? <laughs> Comedy gold. All right. Musty. Welcome. Very, very musty. Welcome to Bonehead. Week. And people jump out of bell towers for some reason. What? Are there a lot of bell towers in Belgium? Uh, there's the one from the movie. It was a bell tower, right? I don't know. That's a good movie. Oh, that's a great. Yeah. Is that Martin McDonough? Mm-hmm. God, he never made a bad movie. Nope. It just doesn't make a lot of them, which is why they're so good. <laughs> just just never. Anyway, we're Bonehead Weekly, and we're glad you tuned in. Or turn are we? On. Yeah, are we? I am. I, I, I am. I mean, I am. I am. I'm curious. I have my why, doubts. I'm curious why they hated high school films, gentlemen. I don't know if you've seen it or not, but those because high school films suck. <laughs> no, there's. It's because pirate you know films, Chad, are more successful than high school. You know why? You know why? Let me. Audience. Can I, well, because can at I least diagnose? with the exception of the lack of scurvy, they're more. They're more believable. <laughs> well, can I diagnose the problem with high school films too? Sure. It's the same. Joe knows the dialogue that we overheard or we've heard had said about before, but Holy shit, have I heard it, it is, it is high school films have to be so intense because the stakes are so low, low. Right? James, speaking of, speaking of quoting, uh, quoting a uh, James, why, why do poor people, how are poor people able to stay thin? Uh, that is because they can't afford diet soda. That's so. Yeah. How do they stay thin when they can't afford diet soda? How do they afford to stay thin if they can't afford diet soda? Oh God, that's stuck in my brain. Oh, it gives me it, it scares. Or me. Abraham Lincoln was not the president during the Civil War, bro. I'm pretty sure you got that one wrong. <laughs> that is also stuck in my brain all these years. So anyway, of course, we're talking about college at the moment. Well, today's topic is something that's near and dear to my heart. It really isn't, but there are it several is. of these shows that for are a time for, for a time for me. It was because this is all I had, right? Yeah, no, I was going to say, if you were a kid that didn't have satellite like Joe Lewis. No, and some of these are dear to my heart as we go through them and they aren't, they, there are still things that I watch. I, there's a three or four on here that I still watch repeatedly. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I have a little bit of a cough. Forgive me. It's that time of the year. Anyway, we're talking about sitcoms and our favorite sitcoms. <laughs> Sorry, it's that time of the year. He has tuberculosis. Yeah. <laughs> he went down to the marketplace and there were too many. I don't know. What what got like I don't know. Sorry. So Joe, Joe will be moving to Arizona next week. Yeah. I don't know if it'll help. But he he uh, will also well, I mean, I, I sorry, I could make a political joke here, but I'm not going to. Let's move on. Uh, yeah, I, you know what? I thought Kentucky was bad, and then there was Texas. And now, keep going. Who wants to go first talking about their favorite sitcom? Now, James, well, no, I actually what, what have you? a question. Can I ask a question? Can I finish? 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 You know how political timely humor Yeah, works. another one of those Dana Carvey bits that I love Dana so Carvey. well. I love Dana Carvey. <laughs> I, I, you know what? More people know Admiral Stockdale because of Dana Carvey. Than because of Admiral Stockdale. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, and Phil Hartman doing Admiral Stockdale. Anyway, but I've got a question. I mean this seriously because it's going to guide my answers for the show. When we talk about sitcom, are we talking traditional live-action sitcom yeah. or are we talking The Simpsons? Yeah, well, see, no, because if you go, go ahead. No, because... Uh, I struggled with that with my list because there were several I could put on there, but I was like, no, no, I'm doing the traditional multi-cam record in front of a live studio audience, which. Oh, so I, that removes a couple of mine. If we're doing live studio, audience. you all can do whatever way you want it. It's just, I made some rules for myself when I did this. Did you guys Google some of the best ones? Because a no, lot of the list, I didn't. you know what the number one is? The Simpsons. The Simpsons, the Simpsons. right? 
But how could it not be? Because it has been everything at every time, right? Yeah. I mean, the the jokes that Simpsons have predicted everything. There's an entire South Park episode, right? Simpsons did it. But also, how many times? I mean, there's the episode where Lisa becomes president and there's a line. How about a situation are we in because of President Trump, right? I mean, and that was well before he was elected. I mean, so how how could you not say the Simpsons? At the time, it was just a joke. Yeah, no, and that's that's just a limitation on me because you know I would have put future Futurama would have oh, no, been in the top it. three of my list. Well, and so would Family Guy. So would the well, no, not so much the Family Guy for oh, me. Family like, would be on there. The Muppet Show would have been mine, even though you know I'm like oh, okay, there's some limitations for me. So I'd left those off the list for myself. That's the only limitation I did. Okay. I was like, I'm doing the I'm doing the traditional. <laughs> he left off the Muppet Show, but let me spoil the Muppets. Yeah. He's doing that one, that ABC show. He's talking about. I did. I really did. I did the traditional multicam live studio audience so, no that's that's the question i wanted to ask once we started to record because it really does i i think the simpsons are are that show and i love the fact that the simpsons have lasted so long that they they their creators the producers and all that stuff come out online and say well what you have to keep in mind is that the 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 canon is flexible it nope. has to be right because yep. when they do a flashback episode of when marge and homer were dating you know, it was originally set what the nineteen late sixties, early seventies, and now it has to be set in the eighties or nineties for Bart and Lisa's age yep. to make sense. So right? yeah, and be- so before we recorded, James, yeah, you were saying something about this might be hard for you. Is it because you don't like the traditional senses? No, no, no. There, there's no. I love the senses, but what I, when I was trying to make my list, I kept going, "Oh, well, what about this? What about this? What about this?" and I, I can't do, and I will say this, mine is not arguably a best of list. It may not even be quote unquote my favorite, it may but not it's the one that it's the one that when you say sitcom, it's what pops into my head. Yeah. And, and the Simpsons for me doesn't pop into my head for sitcom no. because it's to me it, it's a cultural touchstone, yeah. right? I mean, it, it has gone beyond everything. It's, it's what we're we're four decades. Mm-hmm. now yeah. that there's been a simpson show we're heading into over 30 years I, it's and, hard for me to to say that's just a sitcom yeah no and that's that's kind of what i sh- again it was just I, I i wanted to do it that approach to him because i just feel like some most of them are timely they they don't age well except for and, and honestly two of mine i feel like have aged well and I'll be honest with you, I'm usually the one, I come up with some obscure stuff. I did not come up with any obscure. I'm pretty sure if you Google the three, I, they, they're going to be at the top of a lot of lists. Um, but they just epitomize for me what a sitcom is. So, so that's, yeah, no, no, that's, that's just what I wanted to start with. Because obviously for me, I mean, the ones that I watch consistently still to this day would be The Simpsons. I do watch Family Guy. I love Family Guy. Yeah. Uh, but I love Family Guy because, well, uh, uh, other reasons. But um, but I wanted to say that up front because I think I'm going to leave those off, not because I don't love them, but and I'm not restricting myself maybe as much as Chad is. But I just I want to talk about some other things. Yeah. So sorry, well, I just wanted to, I wanted to ask that question. Well, who so, wants to go first, gentlemen? I'll go first um, because I'm going to talk about the one that we've talked about repeatedly on the show. Um, oh good terms- finally we're going to talk about fred savage's working why didn't that get 18 seasons by the way I actually that was that show was better than I had is that right. the one with rob Lowe? i don't even remember but what i loved about it was the, the corporation he worked for every time it would go to commercial when it would come back from commercial they would have a fake commercial for that company 
And the one I remember is when they're doing a recruitment fair or something, mm-hmm. and it's got all marking at their computers and or at their desk and all that stuff. And it's like whatever the corporation was. We uh, we hope you'll join us because once you do, you'll never leave. You will <laughs> never leave. You will stay here for eternity. You will always be here. You'll be one of us. And it was honestly, it's it got so dark that they always all the people at the desk slowly look over at the camera, and it was. Uh, I was just, I mean, it was dark humor for a sitcom. So there, sorry. Um, no, so my first, my first sitcom is going to be Night Court. Uh-huh. It is still, it is still my favorite sitcom of all time. One of my favorite TV shows of all time, period. Son of a bitch, you took one of mine. I figured I was. Uh, it honestly, it still holds up to this day. I watched a few episodes just to remind myself. And I, full disclosure, I have marathoned every episode of this show at least three times. <laughs> From I'm sorry, night- I zoned out. What are you talking about? <laughs> I really did. I'm sorry. Night court. Oh, thank you. Okay, I'm back with you. <laughs> That's good. Dick. No, yeah. I really did. I, 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 I zoned out for the two seconds he said the name of the show, and then I came back, and I'm like, oh, my God, I don't know what he's talking about, and I'm afraid they're going to ask me something that I won't know. I'm yeah. sorry. I have issues. I have not caffeinated enough today. It's okay. No, I, I have seriously, I've marathoned this show at least three times. I, I marathoned it when I was a kid because uh, I never watched it uh, I, I, until the final season. It came on at 9 o'clock on NBC. I, always, I watched it in syndication. It was 7 o'clock every night during the week i would watch every single episode for me in syndication um go ahead james did you say something to say? well i was gonna say aren't they doing a reboot is that still gonna happen yeah, i don't know yeah it's supposed to be happening yeah i mean and by the way that's one i'll i'll, I'll give it a shot yeah i'll well, give it I? a shot even though sadly most of the cast has has passed on I'm, well 50 percent of the cast has passed, they passed on, anyway. on the project yes we'll say okay. that they passed on the project in that they are dead and would not show up. For 20, 2021 really did suck. Um, but it sucked particularly because we lost Marky Post and Charles Robinson in one year and very close to one another. And it was just it was just heartbreaking for me. I've I talked about this at the end of the uh in a the the episode where we talked about Betty White. Uh they hit me hard because I mean they really were a big piece of my childhood and they're gone. Um, but uh, Night Court uh, was created by Reinhold Weege. Uh, he actually wrote on 105 of the 193 episodes that was made, which I find that very impressive. I do. Can I pause for you one for one second? Yeah. You remember the episode where they make fun of learning the one guy's name and it's Reinhold. Old. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It's stuck it's, in no, my it's, head it's, all these it's, years. Isn't that Dan's name? It's Dan's real name. It is Dan's real name is Ryan yeah. Holt. I couldn't remember which one, but yes. Yeah, yeah, it's Dan Fielding, played by John Larroquette. Dan, um, Dan Fielding. Dan, yeah. Dan Fielding. Um, uh, it starred Harry Anderson, John Larroquette, Richard Mole, Marky Post, Charles Robinson, and Marsha Warfield. Um, if you don't know it, it was focused on a youthful judge, Harry T. Stone, uh, who at the time, the whole thing was he was the youngest judge ever assigned. And it was, it's actually based on reality. So, um, it takes place in New York and uh, New York in the in the show, New York was in a dire need to get judges. So they were basically giving out judges, judge jobs to anybody who would take them. This actually happened in California. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the reason he got the job is he's actually the only one who answered the phone that night. I was going to say, that was going to say, I'm like, do you remember how he got the job? Because yeah. I remember that episode so well. I was like, oh, I answered the phone. <laughs> yeah, he answered the phone. That's the only reason he got the job. 
Um, and anyway, he's assigned to Night Court in New York, um, and it's him trying to control all of the zany characters that are coming in and out of that show, uh, out of that courtroom. Um, did you know Reinhold's first writing gig was, Joe? Did you look this up? No, I didn't. It's, uh, I did, this might be on your list, and if it is, I'm, I'm not trying to take it. You can reach it, but it's Barney Miller. Uh, Barney Miller is on my list, but I don't think I want to use it. Yeah, he wrote for Bar his first writing gig was with Barney Miller. That makes sense. And, and, and it makes sense. Uh, and you really see that. And I didn't realize it until I saw until I read up on this. You can really see a lot of Barney Miller in those first two seasons. Yeah. I, I don't think Night Court really got into its groove of what it was until the third season, which I'm getting ready to get into. Uh, basically, because if you don't, if you're not familiar, the first two seasons, it was crazy on Night Court. They were in and out of care, uh, people taking jobs. Like they would, the people were leaving the show left and right. Somebody died even, and they had to replace her. Why um, was there so much turmoil in the first two seasons? Um, the the lady who was playing Charles Robinson's uh, character, yeah, she left because she she was trying to get better jobs. Uh, you know, it was basically you know, you're I, there was no room for her character to move on, so she left. And then the attorney who Marky Post took over, uh, who, who left again, she was, she was just, she got a better, she got another offer, which obviously didn't pan out. Well, and, and I was going to say, and it, it wasn't a breakout hit per se, right? Like it didn't hit the ground and all of a sudden have huge ratings. I don't know it, was, it was never a huge hit. I think it, it was just always one of those. Probably it was solid. It was solid. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. It was solid. It was never a hit. And like, it was, it was a hit. Yes. It was. It, yes. It, it went into syndication. People loved yeah. it. Yeah. But yeah. it was, yeah, again, it was just one of those we're here, we're doing good. Yeah. Know? And if you remember John Larroquette actually won four time four primetime Emmys for his role. Um, he actually ended up having to stop uh, being uh, requesting, accepting nominations because he wanted to leave other people. He wanted other people to get that, that award. But has there ever been, and there has been, but I, I mean, there are so few folks who are ever more adapt or better, better cast than he was in that role. No, no argument. Yeah. yeah. He right. Went from there, he went from being the narrator for Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> and he's the narrator of the new one. If you watch it. Yeah. Uh, to which I have it. I don't, I can't make myself. Oh like, my God. I, I have no desire. I, I've not heard great things. <laughs> it's dreadful. <laughs> um, but no, I got my uh, review. Uh, but yeah, Night Court often walked the line between lunacy and reality, and its edginess pushed the envelope of network television at the time, which is one thing it doesn't get credit for, because at that time, you know, Cosby was at it was at the top of the it was at the top of the charts, and here comes this weird show about people coming in as nudist, uh, you know, all kinds of craziness. Well, and, and I was about to say, and the guest stars that 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 were on Night Court. I mean, Mel Torme, yeah, being yep. Mel Torme, and Harry being obsessed with Mel Torme, John Aston. Jim Varney, Brent Spiner, Brent Spiner, uh, known by most people as Data from Star Trek, his character on Night Court is right up there with the darlings from Andy Griffith show, just nails this weird vibe. Help. James, help me. Oh, God, I'm blanking. Silent Marks brother. Chico. Oh, uh, Chico. Chico. Chico had a guest appearance on the show. I don't remember uh, that. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. God. Oddly enough, why don't it shut up? yeah <laughs> um, but no uh i just i love this show i could never miss an episode and, and and you know honestly the cast the cast that it's known for didn't come together until the fourth season yeah. marsha warfield did not get cast until the fourth season oh, I know, because I know it was until the fourth season i didn't yeah uh, so the first two seasons there was 
um one character the other bailiff she was a short old lady who yeah, clearly she, uh, yeah she died and then for season three they replaced her with a character similar to her yeah. short funny voice which they actually brought up in the seat this the the season opera of episode th- of season three by the way god i am such a nort dirk if you want to see richard mole how talented he is watch episode one season three where he goes into an absolute depression about that lady dying it breaks your heart it does um but they replaced it with her and then she died at the end of that season (laughs) and then they they said maybe we should cast somebody younger so they cast marsha warfield and then that's when the show really hit the ground running in my opinion and by the way if you don't follow marsha warfield on twitter you're missing out absolute blast yeah. follow Marsha Warfield is a great act again one of those people who is kind of forgotten but she was was great oh yeah DC oh. cab baby <laughs> that's a movie that has not aged well no it hasn't um but no I mean there was plenty of great episodes about night night court I just loved every minute of it um yeah the, the, some of my favorite episodes and again there were you watch it they do repeat the same story season to season I mean, they're they're trying to fill a twenty-two episode. A but season. how many seasons were there? Nine. Oh my god, I didn't realize it ran. Nine. It's eight or nine. But Chad, it, I mean, and I'm not defending them per se, but isn't that what court is? Right? Yes, I mean, exactly. It's, how often do you have to hear "quote unquote" the same trial? The well, same James, case? we haven't been to court as many times as you. Okay, James. Uh, but this because you don't show up when I have my lawyer summon you, Joe, doesn't mean that you didn't you don't have to go to court Court dates were missed nine seasons nine seasons it ran it ran from 19 ran in nine seasons yeah it ran it closed i think its last season was in let me check 1992 it ran from 1984 to 1992 um james just i'm just gonna give you an example and then we can move on because i I just i could talk about night court for a whole hour and nobody wants to hear me talk about night court for a whole hour um there was one ongoing story that happened almost every season where they had somebody who had a major event that it was getting ready to happen, but they were stalled in court because their case was at the bottom of the pile. And by some rule, Harry couldn't put the, the case in front of all the other ones. They had to go in a specific order. So now they had to go through every single case, which was like 90 something cases, 50 something cases to get to that one case. At least four episodes were dedicated to that storyline. <laughs> I didn't realize it was that many. It's three or four at Is least. It? I I need to do it. But yeah, it happened. Like there was the one about the bride, the HUD, the guy who had to get to the the bride, and then she was going to leave him, and then he said, "Oh, I have it anyway." Yeah, actually, and then they, they they tried Wiley E. Coyote for God's sakes in one of those episodes. Oh, uh, there's a, there's a I think it's not court. There's a great Star Trek reference where they go in and it's the 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 original series fans are fighting with the next generation fans. Sounds and- right. And they have a fight, and literally at one point, the next generation fans say, we don't have to take this, and they teleport out. They tr- transporter takes them. And the original series fan goes, oh, yeah, sure, but can he do this? And does a Vulcan salute. And, and, and then Harry just goes, eh, dismissed. <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do? Um, but yeah, yeah, it was, it was a great show. Yeah, I, yeah. If you, if you just have to watch it, um, if you haven't. You can watch it for free on Amazon now. Go for I'm it. going to start over. Yeah. All right, I'm going to go next. Um, I'm kind of curious okay. where you're going to go. What'd you say? I'm curious where you're going to go. Well, there's three that I'm having a hard. The hell if he don't change his ways. 
there's three that I'm I'm having a hard time with, Chad. So the issue is, is this what I'm going to pick isn't my favorite sitcom. I don't know that I have a favorite because almost everything on here, if it's on, I'll stop and watch it. But damn, it's so hard for me to skip the Golden Girls. <laughs> no, you shouldn't. You it's just ahead of its freaking time. That's the reason why we're still talking about the Golden Girls. At some point in time, guys, I need to go back and watch it. But I, Golden well, Girls. Let's hold yeah. on. I'm not. Well, give me a second. Okay, I okay. don't. Chad, I think a lot of people don't remember Night Court as well. I agree. But I am not going to sit here and describe the Golden Girls because, by God, it is still all a part of the zeitgeist. Yep. Am I wrong? No, you're right. You're right. It no, is no. You have to leave. Yeah. And I watched it as a kid, didn't get most of the jokes. We've talked about it on here several times. I, I just, court, uh, Golden Girls wasn't reduced to being sold at the, 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 the spinny bin of a Cracker Barrel. Night Court was. <laughs> <laughs> but people love the Golden Girls. It's still on Lifetime on a Saturday morning, and it's harder to do since I've had a kid. But one of my favorite things was to either be on vacation or here on a Saturday. I remember going on vacation and catching it in the afternoon, taking a nap, and then going out to dinner after going to the beach. It's 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 comfort food. The jokes still land for the most part. I, I can't. It's just ahead of its time. And it is aged for the most part, part most fart, most fart. fart. That's me. Most fart really well. Let's agree. Out Corey of three was, of us, it's me. Yeah, most yeah. fart. Most fart. You would win that. Jay. Yay! I win something. Well, no, I mean, but the Golden Girls also just had has that. I mean, it's. I think it stuck around because it's oddly empowering. I mean, they are. You know, there there aren't a lot of shows shows that are about older women unless they're detectives. Or they solve mysteries, right? I mean, you get Miss Marple and, and I think people, I think your average teenager would know the Golden Girls before they know All in the Family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. All, all in the all in the family. I may I be mean, wrong. No, they I damn sure so. know it before they know Mod. Oh yeah, yeah, Mod. I by the way, I love Mod. Uh, but yeah, no, I I think I prefer Golden, the Squad version. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you do. Uh, but Golden <laughs> Girls, it's it's. It did episodes that were all in the family esque. There's a great episode where Rose may have AIDS, right? Yeah, yeah. From and there's a there's an episode where Blanche's daughter decides that she doesn't want to get married and 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 have a child to the traditional way. She wants to go to a sperm bank. There's an episode that deals with the whole time in the show. Dorothy's brother is a crossdresser. The whole time through the show, or oh my god, I'm trying to think of another good one. Uh, uh, Rose falls in love with a small person, yeah, who doesn't love her back. Yeah, this whole joke at the towards the end of this. I mean, they were tackling shit. Forget, forget the the LGBTQ issues that were addressed throughout this, where there was different romances of, well, no, she's not that, but we're going to accept and blah 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 blah. And this was all during the eighties in Reagan on a Saturday night, and it was a hot ass show. Oh yeah, yeah. When people actually stayed in on a Saturday night to watch TV, can you imagine? Well, yeah. I can now. They just stream. They they watch it. They watch three seasons of The Sopranos now. Is the way they watch television. Yeah, the, the episodes still hold up for the most part. I mean, don't get me wrong. They're not all winners, guys. And it's not all cheesecake. 
and there is so many and chad you're talking about reusing the same damn story 500 times oh there's very few that are bigger offenders than the golden girls of oh do you remember when when we're sitting around with the cheesecake and they do a flashback episode there's a dozen of those there's a dozen has to be i just want to know why they didn't do a spinoff where we follow the adventures of stanley yeah no i like oh hey it's me stan yeah (laughs) her ex-husband wonderful uh anyway i i just i love can i take a quick break because now i just got to jump in real quick i now have having to do research virtual marks that was in uh, night court he died in the 60s yeah 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 yeah. But I didn't want to argue with you because I thought maybe I was wrong about something. So now uh, I got to figure out which actor was it. Was, was it Chico? Or there's Harpo, uh, Groucho, Groucho, obviously. Groucho, Harpo, Chico. Uh, I don't the, know. The, young, the younger one, uh, which was Zeppo? Uh, Zeppo. Zeppo. And there was a fifth one, too, but nobody remembers him at all. <coughs> Horror. No, they, all, they all died in the 60s. What the hell was I on? Horror. I don't know. I was a little bit confused, but I was like, well, maybe. Now, actually, somebody correct, God forbid somebody correct me. Yeah. What? Groucho lived to 77. You're not even right about that. Yeah, yeah, okay. Fuck it. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> right? Okay. Oh, that's well, we should have known that though, because he's in what, Joe? Groucho? Yeah. Well, yeah, he's in Skidoo, but Skidoo. Gra- the reason you know how Skidoo. I can remember is that line from the Devil's Rejects when they bring in the movie experts. <laughs> and he goes, and he died the same week of Elvis, and Elvis took away all of Groucho's headlines. <laughs> <laughs> just like just like Lonnie Anderson did to uh Meatloaf. Lonnie Anderson didn't die. No, I didn't mean Lonnie Anderson. What's that other guy that did die? <laughs> I don't know. Bob Saget? No, no. Why don't uh, you the... give us a sitcom? Because we've done and went and played out the Golden Girls. Okay. I you know, I'm gonna go with the one that you've already alluded to. I have to say all in the family. All in the family. I I own the complete series. Well, I wish good. that it's another I wish one that... where the episode or the topics just hold up. Well, I was gonna say I wish it would bring out uh, Archie Bunker's place, the spinoff, because that has the episode that I think is one of the most effective All in the Family episodes. Even though it's not All in the Family, it's Archie Bunker's place where uh, Edith does that. That episode, if you can watch that without having an emotional response on some level, you're I don't know something. I wrong can with safely death. I've actually never seen rape, that one. By the way, yeah, that one was rough to watch. Yeah, um, but All in the Family is. Uh, I mean, if you like Family Guy, you're watching All in the Family, right? I mean, it is. Yep. It, but it works so well. And, and if you examine it, why it was such a big hit, books were coming out called The Wit and Wisdom of Archie Bunker because a lot of people, Nixon was a fan. And he said, oh, we need more Archie Bunkers. But at the same time, if you were liberal, you watched it because to you, Archie Bunker was a moron. And he is. He is. Yeah. And maybe but that's because he's I'm a big hearted moron. Yeah, like he he he, he gets means, so many words wrong. Yeah, and he means well, but he's bigoted. He's he, he's unaware. He's and so you know he willfully. Uh, and it, but go ahead. Well, that, but the other side of it is Meathead, his his nephew uh, would go on to be Rob Reiner. Um, but anyway, he uh, what? he also is stupid though, right? I mean, because he goes too far the other way. He goes too far the other way. He's not as dedicated. He doesn't have the work ethic that 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 his father-in-law has. And they kind of touch on this in the show where they finally move out. And you might yeah. thank him because, you know, who would have done that for somebody? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, but he, he is, you know, and he refers to 
uh, Mike as Meathead. They never, it's very rarely he actually calls him by his name. Yeah. And, you know, it, Meathead, he's dead from the neck up. You know, mm-hmm. but uh, there's there's so many great, weird episodes. Some of them are of their time. One episode that I absolutely love, and if you go back and look at this, it's true. Beef was too expensive for most people to eat. And in the state of New York, you weren't allowed to sell. There was a law at the time that said you had to sell. It had to be beef, pork, turkey, or, I mean, it was a finite list. But over in New Jersey, they actually, and this is true, they were selling horse meat. Yep. And Edith has to go over because Archie wants meat, so she has to go get horse meat and pretend it's beef, and Mike finds out and keeps making jokes about it while they're at the dinner table. And it's hilarious, but at the same time, when that it was true. They couldn't afford it. Meat got overly expensive, the inflation and everything that was happening at the time. Mm -hmm. And then all of the stuff that happened, I think, that, you know, with Nixon became fodder for the show. And, And this show was highly controversial at the time. Matter of fact, they've done a few live ones recently where they've had different people play. Right. Um, uh, oh, who played who played Archie? Oh, um, Zombie Carol Connor. No, Zombie Land. Who no, played in, in the live action ones yeah. they did recently? I was about to say it. And I forgot. Cheers. Why can't I think of uh, Woody Harrelson? Woody Harrelson. Harrelson played it, and it was so funny because I was watching it, and it's when they do these live, there's certain words they have to edit or yep. beep out yep um and it's also a sign of the times of what gets beeped but what doesn't get beat back for instance uh jamie fox played sanford yep not sanford i screwed that up no he played jefferson uh he played jefferson and and he can say cracker that doesn't get beeped but archie's response has to be beeped Yep. And it's not beeped in the original airing. And and it used to, when it was originally aired, there was a little screen that popped up, kind of like what South Park does now, where it said, you know, this is a portrait of one American family. We hope you'll laugh at it. We hope you'll enjoy it. But they are going to be what an American family is. Or, yeah, I'm, I'm not getting the exact word right. Yeah. But it was, I mean, everything about it from Edith being told to stifle, but also... While everybody looks at him and be like, well, Edith's dumb. No, Edith wins out more often than well, not. Edith, Edith is the heart of the show. Yeah. The, he, yeah. She's his conscience. Yeah. Yep. And, the, and there's episodes, but it also works. Everybody talks about Archie Bunker, but that show doesn't work without that ensemble. It doesn't. I mean, even when they move out, you yeah. it, know, it is stronger the stronger that ensemble is. Because I don't think anybody else could have played Meathead the way. Matter of fact, I know they couldn't because they did a pilot originally without Sally Struther and without uh, Rob Reiner, and it didn't go over as well. Right. But once you've got the right cast together, but that's that is a show that again, I mean, Simpsons has used the opening theme song and updated it. Family Guy has used it. That that is a touchstone. The uh, Archie Bunker's chair is in the Smithsonian. Right. That is a cultural touchstone show, but I can still watch it. Not every single episode is a winner, but I laugh at something in every episode, even if it's just a chuckle, because it is an American family. It is, and at the time, yeah, some things are dated, but the the idea of the struggle of the American family and not agreeing with your family, but still trying to do right by everybody, there is something timeless about All in the Family. I love All in the Family. Um, Plus, to be honest, 
I, I would go ahead and say maybe the only uh, modern parallel we still have working would be Chuck Lore because Norman Lear created an empire. Yeah. All of the family led to Jefferson's and Maud and uh, uh, Good Times and uh, what else? Uh, so many spinoffs of, of that universe. Right. Before Marvel Comics did it in movies, Norman Lear was doing it on your television set, kids. Chad. Okay, so uh, okay, so in, in fairness... The person who I thought was Harpo that I I mistook for Harpo Marx in my brain, yeah, she Shelley Berman. Not that that's scene. way way off, way off. <laughs> like, like you told us you were going to take us to a Mets game, but you somehow took us to the Dodgers. I don't even know what's. I going don't know. On. I, yeah, this is why I don't ever go off the cuff. Read the notes, Chad. Read the notes. <laughs> um. So, I again. This is not going to be a shocker to any list or any obscure. Married with children. Love the show. Do you, show as a do you actually watch it though now? No. I full disclosure, it's one of those shows that I don't think aged very well. I don't think so either. Yeah, I just but when I was a kid, I loved this show. It 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 had it had a lot of impact on me. Um again, it was I think it actually aired right after Night Court at 7:30 um in syndication. Uh, that's how I got introduced to it. And it was a, it was a staple. Um, and it, again, it was just the reason why I liked married with children is it was the anti sitcom. It was it, it much, even, even all in the family, it wasn't the perfect family, but it still had those heartfelt moments married with children. Hardly ever. It was, we hate all oh, no. of them hate each other. <laughs> and the only time they got together is if somebody else messed with them. The yes. only time they agreed was, okay, we can screw with each other and we can hate each other. But if you as an outsider hate us, we will wreck your Al will come and beat the shit out of you. Yeah. And I loved every minute of it. Um, now, that being said, uh, there are, I, I agree with Joe. It did not, it does not age well, but there are still episodes that I can watch where I still get a chuckle out of it. But yeah, a lot of it just, it, it sadly falls short. Um, it was created by Ron Livett and Michael G. Moya. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. Uh, it starred Ed O'Neill, Katie Seagal, Christina Applegate, Davis Faustino, Amanda Bierce, Ted McGinley, and David Garrison. David Garrison was actually in the first few seasons. He got replaced by Ted McGinley because David Garrison wanted to go uh, focus on theater. Um, did I didn't know this. This was Fox's first primetime television show. I did know that actually. I did, I did. and I it was a major hit right out the gate. I didn't know it was a major hit right out the gate. Yeah, it, every every I didn't know this either until I started doing research. Every every site I went to, it was a mega hit for them. Fox just hit the ground running. Um, now, depending didn't on this, didn't it even become a bigger hit though when it got controversial? Am yeah. I wrong about that? Okay, yeah. Um, now there was one source that said it was so successful that they aired it repeatedly that night over and over again. I don't think that's true. Um, Fox had just started out. They did not have a whole lot of programming. So what they did the first night it, it aired, they aired it at seven, Tracy Ullman at seven 30, married with children again at eight, Tracy Ullman at nine, eight 30, married with children at nine, Tracy Ullman at nine 30. Now some sites claim it was so successful that Fox just decided to keep looping it. I don't think that's how programming and ratings worked at the time in the, in the early eighties. Um, I just think they were uh, low on content 
uh, because that's I, accurate. It, I'm almost positive that sounds accurate. That's it would be the one. Wouldn't be the other. They wouldn't even know. They wouldn't have even got they it. Wouldn't get the dailies, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. they, they, they had to get. Day. They had to go to the Nelson boxes at people's yeah, houses. Yeah. I mean, there was no rating systems were not that fast in the day. Um, the and if you don't know Married with Children, it follows an angry women's shoe salesman, which. Who I scored see. six touchdowns at Polk High. <laughs> but Ed O'Neill actually did play football, was fairly successful, and played for the Steelers. Well, he didn't make the team, but he played for Chuck Knoll and with Terry Bradshaw for the Steelers. He and Terry Bradshaw have been friends for 50 years. And what I didn't know either. He didn't make the team, though. And I didn't, know, a couple days. I didn't know this either till last year when I read it, when I heard an episode of Gilbert Godfrey's podcast that that motherfucker knows Taekwondo. Black belt. I've never listened to him on that. I have to go check that one out. Uh, guys, I, I may be Mark Marin. My brain is fluctuating again. Uh, but yeah, he's a black belt. He, he He's an expert. He's been doing it since the show. Um, he And apparently there's videos out there of him doing it. I want to look them up and see what he can do. Um, but yeah, he, uh, who, and again, he doesn't particularly care for his family. His wife stay, is a stay-at-home uh, She eats bonbons and watches TV, has really high hair. Her 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 um his daughter is uh, very promiscuous and his son is the exact opposite of that. He likes to pretend that he can be, but he can't. He can't even. Um, and, and yeah, it's just what's his every, alternate identity that he develops? It's a rapper of some. Yeah, kind. a rapper. Oh, I can't I'm remember. I, I love the, those episodes though. But yeah, you know, there's plenty of episodes where like Al just he forms a noose as he's coming down the stairs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's actually I, I use this line all the time at, yeah. on my wife, and it comes from that show. But it's one of my favorite lines. I thought it was hilarious when I saw it on the show when I was probably thirteen or fourteen, and I've used it several times since then. And it's where Al comes home. I think it's in the episode or something. He's having to work double shifts for some reason, and he comes home and pegs on the couch, and he opens the door. And he says, feed me or feed me to something. I just want to be part of the food chain again. <laughs> I have used that on my wife a thousand times. Uh, and she tells me to go make something in the kitchen. I know how the kitchen works. But the point being, some of the writing on that show was phenomenal. <laughs> I agree. And some of it sucks, though, guys. Yeah, I no, agree no. Too. It's, it's, uh, listen, it's like the Andy Griffith show. We can all quote some episodes, but if we had to watch all of them back to back to back to back, we'd probably lose our temper yeah. eventually. Actually, yeah. I don't know. Andy Griffith's on my list, <laughs> but I don't know if it's going to be my next one. No, uh, but no. Uh, uh, and then, you there know, you the go. main re the main reason I like the show again is because it was called the anti. -Cos I always considered it, even then, it was the anti Cosby show. Cosby was very, you know, bubblegum. Vanilla, I guess I should say. Probably wrong this word to describe that that's that show, but it was very it, everything was happy, everything was I mean wholesome. he would put you to sleep. Yeah. Uh <laughs> but the Merriman children was the exact opposite. Get a bigger of that. laugh out there in the audience. I guess they can, no. can't hear their feedback though, can we? But yeah, you not. know, the, but the thing about that is uh Chad, and I can remember like it was also the promiscuous show, right? Like yeah. my parents. It was the one thing that they were like, we really don't like you watching that. Now we'll let you. Well, that's the thing. But every every episode, almost every episode, Al would there would be this amazingly stunning, gorgeous woman, and Al would just be like, yeah, you know, just want to, but he just can't. You know. Well, that, and there was an episode that never aired, right? Yes. And no. and, and it was about a sex tape. 
Is that what it was? I, I was trying to do research on it. I they had it. somehow they accidentally filmed Marcy and I don't think it was Jefferson. I think it was before Jefferson came on yeah. her first husband. Hmm. Um, and they accidentally filmed them having and they watched the tape. Alan and Peg do and they're going to submit it or something. And something actually happened in the news where Fox was like, we can't air that. Yeah, we can't. That, that's too close to something that actually happened. But, and do you know, do you know the working title of the show when it was in production for the first season? No, not the Cosby's, <laughs> but uh, you know what? Also though, why I remember married with children, why that opening the song, which no, is not, I mean, marriage. love and marriage has, obviously has nothing to do with married with children. They just happened to option that song. I will but, say when I was actually able to go to Chicago in my twenties and I saw the fountain, I, I, I just sit there and stared and giggled. Yeah. It just made me think of married with children. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite episodes involved Sam Kennison. It was the, uh, the, right. uh, the exact opposite of a wonderful life. Yeah. Where if he would be dead, it would have been better. Yeah. If he would have been dead, everybody was happier. Everybody was well off. The kids were fine. Uh, his wife, Peggy was, was very, very happy. And then Al says, the, and Sam Kennison's going, I guess I'm not getting my wings. Why did I do this? And Al looks at him and goes, they're happy. Screw them. I want my life back. I want to make them miserable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is just the weirdest. You didn't see that. And you still, you have a hard time seeing that. If it's, it's just great. And uh, there are episodes again that I love. Again, I agree with Joe. But again, it's a 24 episode formatted show that ran for over, I think this one ran for 10 season guys. Yeah, oh, shit, I thought it ran longer than that. It might have, but it, it was Fox was holding on. They moved it all over the place. Whenever they had a slot um, where they were struggling, they put Married with Children there. Well, and, it, and then and they finally they finally killed it when it went to Sunday. And in some ways, it was very Simpson esque. In that, no, ten it, years, Joe. It didn't make any sense in some ways. What they were like, there's an episode where they go to e England and they find out that the Bundy family is cursed, literally Sorry, 11, cursed. Eleven seasons. Eleven. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I just remember that because it was a big, it was event TV when they went to England. And if you stop to think about it, how does a shoe salesman on his income go to England? It didn't matter. And they also, in that episode, use, uh, it was a two-part episode. And they used Right Said Fred's I'm Too Sexy. I remember you know, it all. The, 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 one, the one bit that I felt um, never, never landed. And they kept going back to it. And, and even to this day um, is a, uh, was it no ma'am no ma'am yeah his organization yeah i never that was the one of those bits that they just kept going back to that i just could never get into and sorry the, uh, and the nudie bar one that doesn't work for me either yeah <laughs> not that i have a i'm talking about in the show although i haven't been to a strip club in 15 years but chat yeah it was grandmaster b Grandmaster B. Oh man, I forgot about Grandmaster B. <laughs> that was that was Bud Bundy's alternate rap identity, Grandmaster B. And, yeah, they did some weird thing. Like, you know, Peggy got pregnant and then all of a sudden she's not pregnant and they never even back to it. And then they even brought number seven in. Does yeah. anybody remember? And then they were like, he's gonna be the new kid, and then they realized it wasn't working, so he just disappeared. They never now, is the truth behind that though, as far as uh, her being pregnant, and then she was pregnant in real she life. She was pregnant in real life. Yeah, did didn't she lose the child? I'm I'm maybe misremembering that. 
but I think that's one of the reasons they oh, wrote out know. her having a child on the show. I don't. I didn't look into that. I, I, I may be. I may be wrong. I could be completely wrong. But and now I got to go back and look at this episode because I've forgotten all about it. Al Bundy, shoe dick. <laughs> Sorry. All right. We were you ready to move on. Move on. All right. Mine is. I, I'm afraid it's starting to. So I was going to pick Andy, but I'm not because. I think people still remember Andy Griffith. I think people still obviously not people that watch our show. If you remember, we tried to do a sketch once and everybody's like, what the hell's that? For? What the hell was that? And if you want to go look at one of the episodes where these guys just trash me, go look at the episode where I said with things that didn't overrated go overrated that, shows. Yeah. Overrated, overrated shows. shows. Yeah. No, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep my mouth out of this one. guys. Well, no, I, I get, I get it, but it, it's a sta- back to staples. It was one of my house. I still love it. I still pick certain shows. And if it's a Barney heavy episode, it plays just as well now as it did 50 years. I will, and by I the way, Don, not Don Knotts won four, if not five Emmys going back to. He won one for appearing in a guest star, right? Yeah. After he left, after yes. he left, he came back and did one episode. Yes. And they're like, what well, does I take this Emmy? We got to figure out who was Sheldon. Was that guy? Didn't he win multiple ones? Sheldon Leonard, the guy from Big Bang, didn't he win multiple Oscar uh, Emmys? Maybe I don't know. I'm sure, Jim, I would say it's not Jim Cummings. It's Jim Backus. Parsons. That's what I said. Jim Jim <laughs> All right. So this is one Jim I- Parsons. Uh, Jim Parsons. For those that you don't know, is also in the Muppet movie, The Muppets. I am afraid is going to get lost to time, and it's sad because it's probably starred one of the greatest American comedians, naturally funny people of all time, and it's Sanford and Son with Red Fox. Yeah. yeah. Sanford and Son yeah. was based on a British show. It was another one of those Norman Lear uh, British yeah. knockoffs, like All in the Family's ba- based on, a, a, I forgot the name. Till Death Do We Part. Till Death Do We Part. We part. It was based on a British our- show. Yeah, right. and and uh, Sanford and Son was uh, with now and Step Son. Step Toe and Son. Step Toe and Son. Step Toe and Son. Sorry, with Step now Toe and Son. Yeah. Red Fox, one of the most natural blue comedians of all time, played a junk dealer. He Red played this twenty years past his age. He was nowhere near. He played it perfectly because he was not that age. In fact, I think Red Fox went in his sixties in the nineties, and he was playing in his sixties in the seventies. He was in his forties. And he had a son played by DeMont Desmond Wilson. And his, he's a widower. He's a widow. And uh, they run a, if you've never seen Sanford and Son, I feel like, and I know why they, Chad explained Night Court. And, but some of these shows, I was like, damn it, if you're listening to this, I don't know these. I feel bad for you, but I, I'll give but, you a little but, Sanford and Son. But Sanford and Son was, I mean, it was, he ran a junk shop or a junk, ran yard, a junk shop, a but junk it's yard. not really about the junk shop. It's not about the junk shop. It's about him and his son getting along because his son lives there. His son has aspirations, but he's not overly bright either. And sometimes makes really bad decisions. <coughs> and the son and the father's love is actually probably what keeps the show together for the most part. Although that kind of peters out in the last few seasons, you can pretty much tell, I was watching one a few months back where Desmond Wilson's up Lamont on the stage. And I thought, dude, you're just showing up. You're just showing up, hitting your mark, smiling. It lasted six seasons, which isn't as long as all in the family or any of those, but yeah. 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 You think it's, and actually they did another season where they didn't have Desmond Wilson and there was a white guy that was a beard. Remember they lived with him. Mm -hmm. So 
I feel that that may get lost to time. I don't hear it as much. It also has a great theme song by Quincy Jones. Was that Quincy Jones and Red Fox? If you do yourself a favor, so if you can ever find what's Super Day's real name, Bob Einstein. Bob Einstein, yeah. Find any brother of Albert Brooks. Brother of Albert Brooks. Find any podcast where bob einstein talks about writing for sanford and son and dealing with red fox and not in a bad way he doesn't remember him in a bad way he remembers him it's just red and the shit he would do and how you probably wouldn't get away with a lot of it now because there's a camera up your ass every time you turn it right around a corner but if you do yourself a favor and read some stuff about red fox actually i think red knew malcolm x they actually worked in the kitchen together yes is it why i know that and malcolm called him too and malcolm would say he was too dirty he couldn't be around him because he was so filthy yeah red vox do you think one of the reasons sanford and son works so had as has a lot to do with um sanford has a perfect foil and ann esther yeah and and she was fantastic and they would do shows together in vegas yeah so red did vegas for 30 years and he would do late night shows triple x theaters and that's what he would do and she would actually do it i cannot i cannot remember ann esther the actress's name i don't know but one of the greatest lines between the two of them is when she she yells at him because he's he's insulting her appearance and she yells at him my body was blessed by mother nature honey and sanford yells back and as you get older, it's been cursed by Father Time. LaWanda <laughs> Page. Yeah, she, she's a fantastic comedian as well. There's some great lines. There's a great stories. A lot of it deals with race. Same time, a lot like good times. Only I think, uh, to me, uh, San Francisco was always far funnier than good times. Mm-hmm. Because the good times was slightly more serious. But the issues are the same. And dealing, I can't do honest to God back to words we can't say that would be beeped out now. They were in the show, like he'd been in a court saying, there's Well, in all no- fairness, you would have to beep them out. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to beep them out. So I'm yeah. not going to say them. I'm just never going to say it. But there's more people in here than a Tarzan film. In fact, most of the times when it goes into re, <clears throat> when they reshow it because of syndication, they cut the line out. It's one yep. of the funniest damn things ever. Another one was where the, the police gets robbed were these and they're asking were they of color yeah they were white i mean there's just shit in the show that was so ahead of its time but which was true of most norman lears but i'm afraid sanford and son is one of those there was a chris rock tells a story about when he was really hot in the early 2000s there's a studio executive met with him and he said you know what we're going to do we're going to do Sanford and Son as a movie. And he said, you're an idiot. And the reason you're an idiot is because that show may have been called Sanford and Son. It was the Red Fox show. Yeah. And by the way, he had another one where he's a mail carrier that he died on. It was actually a pretty good show. but Unfortunately, didn't go as far because. I don't think I ever saw that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was a hit. Well, he had a hit show when he died. He died on set. But they weren't like necessarily. Heart, if, they thought uh, he was recorded- a heart attack. Yeah, according to some people, they didn't exactly treat him well, though, on that show. That they were they they reminded him that this was kind of his option, and I, I I've heard that before. But by the way, I just want to do one more line between the father and son. Fred Sanford says, "I still have some wild oats I want to sow." 
Lamont, his son, responds, at your age, you don't have no wild oats. You've just got shredded wheat. Yeah, because Lamont was in his late 30s, even yeah. in the show. Even in the show, yeah. he was still at home with his dad in his late 30s. And, yeah. oh, my God. And he made some fun. Oh, shit. The Puerto Rican that lived next door, that was played by the great character actor, I can't remember. Oh, the jokes. The jokes, they're awful, but hilarious. All right. Who's next? James. James? Uh, that's me. So you talked about Golden Girls. I talked about it all in the family. I want to talk about the intersection of two of them because Golden Girls was created by Susan Harris. Now, for those that don't know, Susan Harris probably deserves to be mentioned in the same breath as Norman Lear. Yeah. Chose people because she wrote for All in the Family, Love American Style, The Partridge Family. Uh, she wrote the TV adaption of Neil Simon's Barefoot in the Park. Her abortion episode of Maud came out before Roe v. Wade. Yep. I mean, she was hitting all these things. She went on to create uh, Faye, the show I'm going to talk about, uh, which I'll get to in a minute. Loves Me, Loves Me Not, Benson, It Takes Two, The Golden Girls, Empty Nets, Nurses, Good and Evil, The Golden Palace, and The Secret Lives of Men. I want to talk about soap. Yeah, I was about to say, you're about to talk about something you take in the shower with you. Chad, this is your point to say something. <laughs> well, I, bud. I, I will say this. <clears throat> in relation to that, I keep forgetting. I keep looking at a glance and forgetting James is wearing a Homer Simpson shirt. I am. Yeah. I keep taking a look and thinking it's either a penis or a middle finger. For you, it's both. <laughs> yeah. But so soap is another one that I think is forgotten. Yep. The soap was great because, and I'll be honest, I didn't see it obviously when it originally aired. I, I don't either. remember seeing it when it originally aired. It aired from 77 to 81. I was been an infant uh, at near the end of its show. But I caught it when, for a while, before Comedy Central had its own material or a lot of its own material, it would pick up sitcoms and it ran soap from beginning to end. And soap is exactly what you would imagine it is a sitcom that makes fun of soap operas. And it covered everything you would expect to pop up in soap operas, from organized crime to amnesia to communism to alien or to demonic possession. And it is most famous now. As a matter of fact, actually, once again, Family Guy makes fun of this. Family Guy, anytime it does a two-parter, not anytime, a couple times when it's done two-parter, it will come back and it will have the uh, last week on Family Guy. And the last, uh, the last time they did that, they did it soap style and it ended with will modern audience get our soap references? Probably not this week on family guy. Right. I mean, it's, I, I love Seth McFarlane cause I think we grew up watching the same reruns, uh, but it, it ran for four seasons. Uh, again, if you watch any episode of it, you're going to go, Oh, that guy, that guy, that guy, or that person, that person, now, they did tons of other shows. It's about two dueling families. Richard very Mulligan's in that as well, right? Yeah, later yeah. Be Richard Mulligan. Yeah, yeah. Um, it starred uh, Catherine Hellman, Catherine Damon as sisters and matri matriarchs of their own families, which the families are always bouncing off of each other. Um, Robert Mandan, Mary Stewart, uh, just a ton of other people. It, 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 during the first season, it did really well. It obviously fell off over time. Did run till eighty one. Uh, there was a lot of controversy around the show because of 
basically a certain affiliates of of ABC were not wanting to run it. Yeah. Um, it was well. I'll just quote: "Soap promises to be the most controversial network series of the coming season. A so a show so saturated with sex that it could replace violence as the PTA video enemy number one." We watch it now, and you're not going to be shocked by anything. I don't think, Joe. I mean, Joe, no, Chad, do but y'all? You got to remember, it dealt with openly homosexual characters at the time. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, so with... the, the the Roman Catholic Church condemned it, and that was a large reason. It was condemned, uh, led by the Los Angeles Archdiocese, condemned the show, and asked all American families to boycott it, saying ABC should be. Uh, told that American Catholics and all Americans are not going to sit by and watch the networks have open season on Catholicism and morality. Soap is probably one of the most effective arguments for government censorship of TV that has yet come along. Now we would look at it and be like, that's nothing. But. No, it was it was one of those that it paved the way for the Golden Girls. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and the. Um, but it's not and, as consistent. It's just not as consistently funny. No, and I'm, no. I've seen, I, and I'm not going to shit on it. It's not. It's, 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 it's one of those trailblazing shows. I mean, and it gave the start to a lot of different people. Billy Crystal was on that show. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know that people remember it, and I don't know if you went back and watched it in reruns. Is as consistently funny as some other stuff like? No, no, no. I mean, and and that, but I think for, I, I think again, much like with all in the family. The cast doesn't work without the ensemble. If you just followed one or two characters, you'd be like, well, I don't care. There's something about the ensemble. I, I think, again, uh, it's, it's, it's been named one of the top 100 broadcast shows by Time Magazine and things because it did break ground. Now, that being said, by the way, <coughs> you may, I mentioned the Catholic Church. There was also a lot of the... Uh, the uh, gay organizations came out against it because they said it stop it it, it topcast yeah. or it, it stereotyped what the gay lifestyle was. So they were getting attacked, quote unquote, from both ends, probably a little fairly. I mean, it, it was a lot of broad humor. Right. But that being said, it was also a show making fun of soap operas. And I wanted to talk about it though because I think it's an example of a sitcom that, you know, all in the family was rooted in reality. To a certain extent, right? All the things that happened to that family could happen. Soap took that and threw it right out the door. And Susan Harris, her, her, again, I agree. What she started with soap led the way to things like Golden Girls, some of her other projects. Yeah. Uh, and so I wanted to mention soap because I think soap is, like you said, much like with Sanford and Son. Soap probably is largely yeah, forgotten. Largely forgotten. All right, Jeb. Okay, so my final the last one. That I'm- one? Yeah, my last one. Oh, no. um, so I talked about Night Court, which I still will argue with anybody, still holds up to this day. A lot of solid episodes, great. Married with Children, some episodes are good. I agree with Joe. A lot of it is, is not transfer. I this last love it, it dates well. Yeah, go yeah, ahead. And, and this last one, I think, is kind of forgotten. And I feel like every single episode is amazing. Up oh my god, the, he's gonna go off on his my three sons kick. No, no, and and, and I want to say it's amazing up to a point, and I'm gonna talk about that point. News radio. I that was on my list. Yeah, that was news when I was, radio is a good show. I loved news radio. It was created by Paul Sims, and it has one of the most amazing ensemble casts I have ever seen in a TV show, period. Uh Dave Foley, Maura Tierney, Stephen Root, 
Phil Hartman, Candy Alexander, Vicky Lewis, Joe Rogan, Andy Dick, and then later on. Um, it's all about this man who, who goes into this, who gets hired to be a station manager, and he's having to wrangle all these crazy characters who work around the radio station. Mm-hmm. Um, it one, one of the things that I loved about it, and um, they, they, I, I read several articles about it, is the fact that the show never stops moving. If you watch it, they're, they're constantly in motion. Um, and I mean, there's always some kind of action going on. Like, uh, you know, most sitcoms are, they stay in one spot, they tell their jokes, they cut to the next spot. This one, they're all, they're moving between Dave, uh, Dave Foley's office to the main newsroom to Stephen Root's office. And there's always some kind of action going. Yeah. Um, and like I said, every episode was great for me. Uh, and, you know, I feel bad when you talk about Maura Tierney, who's a great actress, but she is literally the only straight person in that entire show. Well, Stephen Root is one of the best character actors of all time. He plays he, Jimmy James, right? It's the name Jimmy of his James, character, Mr. Yeah. James. Yeah. And he has one and, of the most crazy, and again, he, he, you can see his range because when the show first starts out, he's just this serious cut, you know, this is how it's got to be. And then he, he, he slowly becomes this weird, goofier, rich, eccentric character um as the show progresses i it's just one of those you know sitcoms they always sitcoms are always trying to either find their footing or reinvent themselves to keep the show going to keep people interested and Stephen root's character arc is one of those examples so uh but yeah the show did lose a lot of ground when unfortunately phil hartman lost his life uh in a very brutal fashion to um, his wife to his wife um, which could possibly uh, may or may it not be possible. The three of us anytime. Yeah. Except, you know, partially it might've been Andy Dick's fault. <laughs> if you really? listen to story, uh, there's, there's stories that John, that John Lovitz, you've, have you never heard John Lovitz talk about it? No. Well, John Lovitz didn't come on till after it was over. Well, but, well he had guest started on the show a couple of times. He guest started on the show. Um, uh, basically Andy Dick, uh-huh. uh, takes responsibility for getting Phil Hartman, and eventually his wife hooked back, hooked up back on cocaine. Oh, yeah. Which led to all of this. And then there was a scene where uh, I, I'm not, I, I'm not going to quote it. Cause I don't remember it correctly. Look up the John Lovitz interview where he does, where he talks about it, but Andy, he met Andy Dick in a, in a comedy club and Andy Dick said something about how he'll kill John Lovitz. Like he killed Phil Hartman and yeah. John Lovitz beat the shit out of him. Oh, really? Yeah. Andy Dick. I lost all respect for it. I, I, I loved Andy Dick during news radio i thought he was great and then afterwards you know he had that downfall and then all that shit came out and i'm like i I, you can't look at andy dick the same way oddly enough andy dick has one of the most interesting guest appearances on star trek voyager ever i don't remember him being on voyager he's he's a he's the new upgrade emergency medical hologram when they try to send uh, robert picardo's doctor hologram back to interface with the ship and he's the new one, and he keeps saying, "Well, I'm not supposed to do that. That's not within my programming." And Andy Dick plays it so straight, and I'm going to follow the rules and all that stuff that it made me go, "Who cast Andy Dick in this role? Like he well, does a great job." I believe Voyager was at the height of news radio, and they were trying to get some ratings all based off that. I mean, it um, was it does a good job, but yeah, yeah no, yeah. You know, one of my favorite episodes is with with uh, Phil Hartman as he's trying to quit smoking. 
And so he just gets these nicotine patches and he starts putting them all over himself. And then he eventually has a heart attack. <laughs> you know, one of my favorite episodes, and see if you remember this one, there's an episode where uh, Phil Hartman's character won't go in the booth for whatever. He's going to hold out. He's going to get him to yeah. give him more money or something like that. And so they send in somebody that they think nobody will listen to is his plan. He's like, I'll send in this other person. And he sends in uh, Joe Rogan's character. And it turns out that Joe Rogan's character, despite having no expertise, starts to draw huge ratings and people are calling into him and talking to yeah. him all the time. Isn't that a flight of fancy? <laughs> am, I, am, I, am I a little too timely there? Oh, okay. no, um, it's an actual episode though, right, Chad? Yes, it's an actual up? episode. Not a, not a lie. And, you know, and not to, to go into the depressing territory, but the episode that did deal with Phil Hartman's death. Yeah. Is great. And I still cry. I've watched that shit. I've watched again. It's one of those shows where I've marathoned it at least three times. Oh, yeah. I know that episode back to uh, four uh, forwards and backwards. And I still cry. Even the scene where they're reading the letter from him. Oh, it, it tears me up. It still does. So, yeah, I just wanted to mention news. James, do you have anything you want to talk about about news radio since it was on your list? No, news. I mean, it was just a show that, I mean, I knew Dave Foley from Kids in the, Kids Hall. In the Hall. Yeah. And so when he was doing a sitcom, I was like, I got to see this. And then uh, uh, Stephen me and James Root, had the, the same reason to watch it. <laughs> yeah. Stephen Root, though, I loved. Matter of fact, actually, a, a friend of mine used to call me Jimmy James all the time because he said, I ran him. Uh, he said, when you get some, when you get an idea in your head that's farcical or, or ludicrous, you talk about it the same way mr james from news radio does and i'm like that's probably fair I, i'd give him that but yeah no i i that show was another one that was so over the top but grounded in reality at the same time like you could believe there was somebody that had phil hartman's character's identity yeah. like that was just so you could believe that these people existed and at the same time they could do these weird plots where you'd be like god that's just hilarious yeah all right, Joe, what do you got? All right. My last one is I was afraid one of you would take it away from me, but I am going to stand by this statement. Um, Herman's head. About, no, we've talked about it on the show before. It's the best spinoff of all time. And it's Frazier. Uh, that was on my and list I, as well. Yeah. In fact, I'm glad I you took it because that's Frazier over cheers. I, I would agree with that. that. <coughs> cheers cheers has not aged as well i don't think cheers has aged no. as well as fraser has now there's great yeah. scenes and i was trying to re i started actually about six months ago re-watching some of them in my office at lunch or something i re i watch a cheers or on hulu or wherever it is i didn't make it through a lot of them gentlemen but no. fraser i can just sit there and watch fraser has i think 10 if not 12 of the best damn christmas episodes all of them are good Oh, oh well, the Thanksgiving episode, and again, They're though, good. Do, you, do you think part of that is? And I love Kelsey Grammer. No offense, meant to you, but it's the ensemble cast. Yeah, like, Kelsey I love Grammer, now. David Hyde Pierce, Perry Gilpin, Jane Leaves, and the late great John Mahoney as his dad. Yeah, everyone completely cast perfectly. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And in, in all fairness, Good as work. much as I love that entire ensemble cast, which is right, that show would not be what it is without david hyde pierce oh david no hyde no. pierce david is hyde the pierce. linchpin he's absolutely correct it works and it's so sad that david hyde pierce is such a talented man who didn't skyrocket after the show he's in a movie that i like and i the think perfect the toast 
yeah perfect the perfect house. House. i love the perfect house really good movie if you guys have never heard of that go check it out you Be should do villain. that as a Scarefest movie review yeah we should yeah perfect, i probably should i think i don't even know if you can find it streaming i'm sure you can no it's streaming basically, <clears throat> basically fraser leaves goes back to his hometown of seattle and <clears throat> hosts an on-air talk show he starts a cow farm <laughs> you know actually it's one of my greatest uh, it, and it's so funny because i love the fact that they're rebuilding fraser because they have to acknowledge what he said while he's in cheers right and there's a uh, uh, it's one of the throwaway lines if you didn't watch cheers but there's an episode of cheers where um sam i think sam's asked mm-hmm. fraser about his family and he goes well my dad's dead and i don't have any siblings all that stuff and so when 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 ted danson guested or maybe it's Woody. When one of the cast of Cheers guessed it in, he said, I thought you, you said your dad was dead. And he goes, ah, we were fighting at the time. I mean, it's a throwaway line, but if you know the, the backstory, it was, oh, God, we wrote ourselves into a corner. And so they do a throwaway line to address it. I but know yeah. that there's other shows that are spinoffs that people will like. Hell, I, I've done, you know, you've talked about a couple on here, but. Well, he just talked about soap and there's Benson. I, yeah. I just don't know. That but I don't think people remember Benson on. or so. I mean, no, I love no, Benson. No. I love Benson too. And, and, but I don't think they're remembered the way Frazier and Cheers are. Frazier and Cheers. And I think Frazier is better than Cheers. And in several lists, Cheers is ranked higher. And I understand why it was a cultural phenomenon. And I love, and by the way, Cheers has the best ensemble cast. But as far as a show that I can enjoy, that is aged better. It's Frasier. Well, and and do you think other than other than Frasier, maybe the Jeffersons, as far as a a spinoff holding the same? I get no, because I don't think the Jeffersons is as good as Frasier. No, no, but I'm saying within spinoff shows, yeah, of, of sitcoms, you've got because I mean, Married with Children has a spinoff show nobody remembers. It started somebody that went on to do Friends. Yeah, uh, but but I mean, you get what Sanford. Uh, I mean, you get uh, the Jeffersons and Frazier, and are there any other ones that held that same held that same fan base and added on to it? No, no, I, I, I just love the the only mistake they made with Frazier was they moved it in. Oh, uh, Family Matters. Like I said, two, two, uh, Perfect Strangers. Perfect Strangers, right? Oh God! Oh, why did I not? Okay. I mean, well, I'm not going to argue with you, but I think no, I just remember about Family it. Matters more than they would the original. But I still, I stand by Frasier. The is that they moved it to replace Seinfeld when Seinfeld ended, and it didn't belong there. It's not that show. No, it's, it's not. not it, yeah, yeah. It's not for everyone. But other than that, I think Frasier is one of the best. All right, yeah. James, your last go. I've got to do one more ensemble. I'm glad you did Frazier because I had, I was like, God, I got to mention Frazier, but you took that one off me. So I'm going to talk about one that I've been rewatching because I, I, I love uh, an actor in it and I loved the movie about that actor. I was like, you know, what? I need to go back and rewatch this show. And again, does not work without the ensemble. It seems like most of mine, I've been going back to that. That's Taxi. Taxi, mm, there's taxi parts has that, a lot of good scenes, but I, that's another one that I think people are forgetting about. But yeah, no, and I agree. But Taxi is, and maybe I like the sitcoms that do tackle the stuff that happens because if you watch Taxi now, Taxi is dealing with, I mean, there's episodes that talk about drug addiction and single parenthood, mm-hmm. blindness, obesity, uh, 
and I love Andy Kaufman. Andy Kaufman plays like uh, uh, the, uh, the, and so he's going to get deported because he doesn't actually have a visa. There's sexual harassment episodes. There's all of that stuff. And oddly enough, stars a young Danny DeVito, who doesn't even look young. Uh, but Judd Hirsch, I guess, was really the star. Uh, you had Jeff Conaway for a while. Matter of fact, one of the go ahead, Chad. Sorry, you mentioned sexual harassment. You remember that episode of Night Court <laughs> where they where they, where they were trying to get Marky Post's characters? Uh, they were trying to get his uh, him uh, accused of sexual harassment. They they put the die on the envelope. And then it turned out they gave the wrong envelope and Dan got it. And then it walked, he came out and there was like fingerprints and all these girls' butts. <laughs> no, I don't remember that exactly. Oh, oh good times oh. were had by all. Classic. Uh, but and so Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd is in it. Uh, eventually, Carol Kane joins the cast. Tony Dan, as a matter of fact, oh, Carol Kane wasn't on from the beginning. I thought she was on from the beginning. No, no, she didn't join the as... cast, by the way. God, it all is. All those people went on to. Amazing. Mary Lou Henner is in it. Mary uh, Lou Henner, yeah. Tony Danza, the useless trivia, the cab in the beginning that's in the credits is driven by Tony Danza. It's actually driven by Tony Danza. They actually had him drive it for to film the credits. Uh, and then he got cancer from being a pitball baseball pitcher. Yeah, I don't think baseball pitching causes cancer, Chad, but I, he did do a movie where that was a plot. But, um, but yeah, no, so one of the things I like about it is you do have this this kind of back and forth and, and it's these taxi drivers most of the film is set in the hub where they get dispatched from um but it really is about how very different how work brings together different people because judd hirsch is you know he, he has a child that he's separated from uh and this back and forth that kind of goes with that but then you also have uh jeff Con uh, conway's character is you know this wannabe actor and there's a great episode where he's coming up on 30 and he said i promised myself if i wasn't an actor by the time i'm 30 i'd quit and he gets one last audition and he's waiting for the call and they all go over to his house because he knows he's going to get this call he knows he's going to get this call and judd hirsch there's this great scene between them where judd hirsch says listen maybe it's just not going to work out for you Maybe you just need to own the fact that you're not an actor. Maybe the, and he goes off on Judge Hirsch and says, I don't need a friend that doesn't believe in me. I don't need a friend and all that stuff. And you know how I know that I'm a good actor? And Judge Hirsch is like, I'm sorry, I'll leave. I didn't mean to start anything. He goes, No, I'm just making this stuff up as I go along. That's how I know I'm a good actor. He goes, I don't want you to leave. I just wanted to show you that I could do this. By the way, he doesn't get the part. And it ends with him going, Well, maybe I'll give it another 10 years. But I mean, it's really about, these people that are drawn together by work, they have nothing in common, but they end up bumping off of one another and becoming friends and sometimes not so friendly. And of course, Danny DeVito plays a sexist, negative, angry cab dispatcher that has to send them all out. And he's kind of a con artist, but there's times when he has a heart of gold too. the episode where they come to deport Andy Kaufman's character, you know, he steps out and he goes, I don't know who you're talking about. We don't have anybody like that around here. And he help, he tries to help hide him and all of that stuff. I mean, there's a lot of great just episodes of that show. But I agree with Joe. It's one that a lot of people don't talk about anymore. And it's kind of, uh, we've mentioned Barney Miller before, but to me, it's in that same category as Barney Miller. Yeah. The writing was really strong. Once you start watching the show, you identify with these characters. You want to know what's going to happen to them. Barney Miller always gave me that feeling too. But Taxi, 
you know, it ran It's one of those shows that switched networks before it got canceled. But yeah, if you haven't seen Taxi in a while, I've been just watching them here and there when I get a chance. Taxi is is a fascinating show and a time capsule of its time. All right. So some honorable mentions, if you guys don't mind, I'll go first. Uh, yeah, go. Um, one that I didn't, it was never a huge hit. It's always the top 20. And I didn't really watch it till I was on paternity leave. And it just because of where, how it fell and on, on Comedy Central. And it's, I actually can't stand Zach Braff, but I really liked Scrubs. I really enjoyed it. And for the most part, the reason I like Scrubs was because of everybody else in the cast yeah. other than the main star. And especially John C. McGinley. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, by the way, will be at uh, what, <laughs> what – there's three people really excited about interviewing at, at Lexington Comic Con, but is one of them. And I was just told the other day that he's a talker. I can't wait. Oh, John but, C. McGinley. Was, what show was – what podcast was he on? Chad was it, it was several it, it was Kevin Pollack Kevin Pollack his his conversation about working with Sean Connery I was burned in my head I loved hearing him talk oh, about we're that. all down here yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and he's like oh, he does two takes okay the other two and this is the one where I left it I mean I love Andy Griffith we've talked about it enough on here one that I that isn't traditional but all six episodes are brilliant it only lasted six episodes police squad yeah. It was on my honor mention list. I'm glad you. Police Squad is an is people think of Serenity and they think of uh, oh shit they forget they think of Firefly as a failed show that went into a movie. Police Squad did it first. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean nobody remembers that, and I just wanted to say that Barney Miller, and one that I fell in love with, and this is something recent. I, I don't. I guess it's not a sitcom. It's on a lot of lists, but I don't. I saw it on list, but I don't know that I think it was a sitcom. It's Fleabag. So, because I didn't even put it on my list, but it's been mentioned, God, I love Perfect Strangers. Really? So, I, I never love- watched it. I doubt that I've ever seen more than two or three episodes. Oh, man, I loved it. The, 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 the comedy between the, the, the two of them, uh, Bronson Pinchot, and why, didn't, why am I blanking on the guy's name? Uh, my favorite Cousin year. Larry. Cousin Larry. <laughs> His name was Cousin Larry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, it was great. They uh, and it also has one of the best theme songs of all time too. <laughs> um, no, I love Perfect Strangers. Mark Lynn Baker, God, mm-hmm. uh, Bronson Pinchot, Mark Lynn Baker. I love that one. Um, a few shout outs to lesser known shows. Uh, Platypus Man. Uh, I, you know, I know. I don't know that I ever watched it. I loved it when it was on. Uh, it was on. It was on the fledgling UPN network. Mm-hmm. Uh, it came on right before Voyager. Uh, Richard Jenna, uh, who was an m- amazing com- com- uh, comedian. He was one of the most, the, the, I'm afraid he will not be remembered. No, uh, he's already no, he's not one remembered. Of the best, best stand up comedians of all time. Yeah. And um, if you haven't seen it, you could probably YouTube uh, several of the Platypus Man's episodes. It, it was a great show that just um, didn't make it because it was on a fledgling network that didn't have a lot of stuff to, to put out there. And also, Richard Den- Jenna, sadly, passed away very poor badly and then a shout out to one that nobody remembers and i am sure absolutely 100 positive that it is terrible and unwatchable it only lasted 11 episodes in 1992 whoops no idea what the hell that is <laughs> you got you, me chad you got me quick question how would you spell whoops w-h-o-o-p-s this show was so terrible it's spelled whoops wrong <laughs> 
W O O P S exclamation mark. <laughs> it is about six well, people. It sounds like somebody picked a bouquet of whoops and daisies. That's yeah. just whoops. It is about six people who survived a nuclear apocalypse and have are now forced to live together to repopulate the species. <laughs> it is terrible. <laughs> There's one episode. Well, like I think the ep- the opening episode, uh, there is a they're getting attacked by a giant spider, and it is it is one of the most shitty looking uh, effects ever, especially for a 1992 sitcom. Just had to mention it. YouTube whoops, people. Remember, <laughs> spelled incorrectly. W O O P S. All right. All right. Okay. A couple honorable. Well, a few. Uh, uh, several. Several honorable mentions for me. Get smart. I've got to mention. Yeah. Mel yep. Brooks, Buck Henry. Uh, nothing just quite to, like it. Yeah. Another one that there was nothing quite like that I loved as a kid, and I need to go back and watch now. Uh, it's the Gary Shandling Show. I love the theme song. I loved everything about it. The episode that I remember, because my dad hated that show. There's an episode, I remember we, we were decorating the Christmas tree, and he's supposed to be chased by this helicopter. And you can honestly see it's a toy helicopter somebody's holding, and you see the hand reach up and spin the blade <laughs> as he moves it on the screen. I don't know why. I thought it was hilarious then. I still think stuff like that's funny. Uh, we've mentioned things like Mod, but I wanted to mention one that I think has been completely forgotten that a lot of people still identify with or still they'll love because it is, is very much of its time. Uh, and that is Sledgehammer. Yeah, I yeah. wish we could get the writer on the show, the creator. We're friends on social media, but I have tried for two years. Sledgehammer was basically a send-up of, of Reagan-style conservatism and Dirty Harry and shows like Miami Vice and Dallas and all that stuff. It's another one no one remembers. Uh, but the other one I want to mention, I mentioned creators a couple times, Susan Harris, Norman Lear, Chuck Lore. Uh, I want to mention probably one of the unluckiest people and as far as the shows didn't last too long, but these shows were phenomenally funny because they were so absurd. Victor Fresco. Victor Fresco created two shows. I have one of them, the complete series on DVD. That would be Andy Richter Controls the Universe. And if you've never seen that show, Andy Richter plays, well, Andy. Uh, most people know Andy Richter as... Conan O'Brien sidekick, but in this show, he worked for this company. It's kind of set up to be like Mary Tyler Moorish, except everything is absurd. Like he, he, at one episode, he wears a suit made out of puppies, not puppy fur. There's this got tons of coats in it or uh, pockets in it. He puts puppies in it because they won't fire somebody covered in puppies. He talks to the de- uh, the ghost of the person who started the company, the, the founder of the company. So that's the show that he created in 2002, 2003. has a cult following still to this day. Like I said, I went on DVD. The show he created to end the decade also has a cult following, but didn't last more than, I think, two seasons. And Joe, you know that one. It's Better Off Ted. Better Off Ted was a fantastic show. Thank- I'm glad you mentioned it. I forgot about it when I was putting my list together. Victor I, Fresco had, created both of those shows, and they I are they are hilarious. Chad, have you ever watched Better Off Ted? Yeah, I've watched a few episodes. I liked it. Oh my god, there's there's a scene. It's I no whoops. <laughs> no whoops. There's a scene I can still remember where they were talking about this. Uh, oh shit, I can't remember the AI toaster that they did. They just started screaming when they got it hot. <laughs> Shut up, stupid toaster. Just toast by toast. I mean, it's just. <laughs> I, I love that show. And by the way, Andy Richter Controls the Universe was one of the first network shows to turn its back on the laugh track. It has no laugh track up. 
if you don't find it funny, nobody's going to tell you when to laugh. So uh, Victor Fresco is, is I think, a phenomenal talent who did shows that a lot of people loved but never caught on, and those both only lasted. Did Better Off Ted last two seasons? I think it lasted like a season and a half. I don't even think there's two full seasons. I was going to say Andy Richter Control of the Universe lasted one season, and I still, there's episodes of that that I just roll. It's, they're hilarious. So both of those are short-lived sitcoms. I think, I don't know if you can find Better Off Ted somewhere, but Andy Richter Control of the Universe, I know it's on DVD. Those are my honorable mentions because I love the absurd stuff. I love ensemble casts, and, and those are the ones that come to mind. All right, guys. Anybody else got anything? Missed it by that much. That much. The job. Oh, we've talked about the job on here a lot. Though. I know. I was, yeah. I, I was waiting for you to actually say the job, but I'm like, oh, I won't mention it. We'll see what he does. <laughs> no, I actually, I didn't even think about it to then. I was like, oh, I thought I forgot about the job. The job. Yeah. All right, guys. This has been Bonehead Weekly. If you have complaints or concerns, uh, you can just talk to us. We're really accessible. The job, by the way, for those that didn't get to see it, was the working of the Wonder Years. I do cocaine. This has been Bonehead Weekly. Uh-huh. <laughs>